0: Welcome to Fat Secrets, your audio companion to the Fat Secret app and website. Each episode, we'll be talking to experts in the field or people from our community to help unlock the secrets of effective weight management through good nutrition. My name is Ben Ryan, and I'm the product lead at Fat Secret. My job in the Fat Secret team is to learn about the challenges our users face when pursuing their weight goals. And communicate that back to our design and engineering teams so we can identify the best ways in which to help users reach their goals through the fat secret platform you're listening to episode five in this episode we'll be speaking with suzanne clements who is a food and lifestyle photographer from the united states after writing off a steady decline in mobility to aging suzanne encountered an aha moment when her family environment required her to remove sugar from her diet resulting in a dramatic and positive change in energy levels. Further research led her to the autoimmune protocol, which helped her identify the various foods that had been contributing to her ill health and remove them from her diet. The results were literally life-changing. Let's share some secrets with Suzanne. How are you going?
1: Good morning. I am like the slowest person on the planet. I'm like, what's going on? It is early here, though, so I I have that excuse.
0: (laughs) Right, right, okay. How early is it?
1: Uh, 7 a.m. I mean, it's not not super, super early.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, um, so give us a bit of an introduction about yourself. Who Um, are you? Where are you from? So I'm
1: Suzanne Clements, and I am a commercial and stock photographer based in Melbourne, Florida, United States.
0: (laughs) Do you only do stock photography, or do you do graphic design, or any oh yeah, other yeah. Yeah. Stuff yeah, I do a little bit well of graphic or?
1: design as well, but I try not to advertise that as much. I'm trying to push the photography side more. So I have clients who I definitely work with for graphic right. design, but um, I'm not taking new clients and that. So it's sort of hush hush. <laughs> um,
0: and on the um, photography side, uh, what's your definitely.
1: Uh, but I also do lifestyle and some product photography Dude. as well. Right. So
0: right okay um and you yes. are you're self-employed yeah. like most photographers are, yeah
1: okay I do. so you
0: I do. work I'm from talking. home and do you travel a lot for um, not your too, work too
1: much most of the time the food comes here and then i i deal with it you know either it's like ingredients and then we prepare it or uh, okay. we get a list of things that we need to, to cook but like last week i was up in uh, upstate new york working with a um the u.s dairy association we did a workshop up there so it can happen but most of the time it's here
0: right okay um and do you have like a commercial kitchen set up to do all your your food preparation i do it in or my home kitchen right now um
1: kitchen? i know that um there's a number of bigger clients who will uh, rent out a studio that has like a built-in kitchen
0: and studio kind of set up together.
1: For most of what I do it's here.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. And so Melbourne yeah in Florida
1: I've been to both places, to Melbourne in Australia. <laughs> Very different.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, extremely different. Like yeah. we have hot temperatures and I remember thinking like oh, I'm so ready for this and then got to Australia and was like nope, I'm not ready. This is way hotter than I thought it would be. Plus <laughs> yeah. it's melbourne florida got the name because yeah. we used to have really good surfing and as i understand that melbourne australia isn't really known for its surfing
0: in terms of scale though is Definitely. melbourne florida
1: yeah just south of cape canaveral right. so where they where the shuttles used to take off and now okay. Elon musk and everybody are shooting rockets up so we can see all that from here and we're just at Cocoa beach which most people know or just yeah. east of orlando it's definitely much smaller footprint, much smaller population.
0: And uh, in terms of uh, food supply, what's it what's it like there? Is it uh, quite varied, or is we like actually, how would you describe? Um,
1: yeah, access we're pretty to lucky healthy eating options? Um We don't have. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Whole Foods, but that's sort of like the big organic market. And our town is too small to have that locally. Like to yep. get to the closest to Whole Foods, I think you have to go about two hours or an hour, like an hour to Orlando, or two hours south to like. Uh, West oh, okay. Palm beach in Miami area, but we just recently got a new grocery store called Lucky's, right. which they have a lot of very, um, organic and gluten-free. And, you know, like if you've got food sensitivities, that's like a really place a uh, great place to shop. And they're a national chain That's just, I think, starting to yep. expand. And that was a really fantastic addition to the area. Although we also have public works really hard to provide, oh. um, a variety of options for their consumers as well so we've been pretty lucky
0: and you are a pretty keen yes. cyclist. <laughs> uh, t- t- tell us about that to it yeah to so degree.
1: um oh gosh so I've been yeah I mean like, like that goes into like the whole like health issue history but I've, I've mm. never been super super active because I was always sort of an awkward athlete like in high school I thought I'd be on the track team and that didn't really pan out because I lacked patience. And when somebody told me I had to run really fast at the beginning of the race, I totally took them at their word and, you know, did not finish very well. <laughs> <laughs> Graduated college, blah, 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 blah. And eventually my, my body stopped functioning properly. Like, uh, Exercise became nearly impossible okay. and extremely difficult. And I didn't know really what was going on. I started having problems overall. I eventually discovered an issue with my diet was causing, or at least contributing to some of my problems. And when I cleared that up, all of a sudden I was able to go running and hiking and biking, which was amazing. I love biking and I love um, mountain biking. So like getting away from like the streets and the sidewalks and just like mm-hmm. taking your bike into the woods and you know, you're one with nature and trying not to run nature over. <laughs> but it's just it's so much more fun. You know, you get to go and explore different areas. Like I've been mountain biking up in Wisconsin. It's just beautiful up there. And we're about to go to South Carolina in October and do some biking. Um, but, yeah, I try to ride every day. So it's its a huge part of my happiness, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, how much time uh, a day do you spend cycling? Probably 45 minutes to an
1: hour. And then we also go for a walk every day for about 45 minutes to an hour. So we get a fair amount
0: of exercise. So exercise is fairly uh, a fairly Definitely. central part yeah. of your your day. Um, so tell me, tell us a little bit about um, your your health issues. What what was it that uh, first started to manifest, and how did yeah. you go about it? Um it, it was super it gradual.
1: Was. So um, it wasn't something like I woke up the next morning. I was like, mm. whoa, I feel really strange. It just was completely gradual. So I didn't ever... Have massive problems when I was in college. Like I had some bad joint issues off and on, but not um, not like arthritis or anything, but like my mm-hmm. knees would give out, which was really convenient on laundry day when I would like accidentally throw my laundry down the stairway at the dorm after getting off my laundry. <laughs> and I remember that being wow. like a really common issue that I had, but it never connected it to anything and it, you know, made me be completely an outlier from everything else. But like that was like the only quote health issue I had because on campus I had to walk it. So constantly active mm-hmm. um but then in adult life it just was super gradual um eventually over time i think i started hitting i guess it was like my 30s and i was like "Ah, oh, i guess i'm just getting older like uh-huh. it's just harder to um function you know like if i were to go for a long walk or something i would be in pain right um but a really good example of some of this um some of these symptoms was like if i went to go into the garden and uh, not excuse me, uh, weed. So I'm crouched down and mm. just sort of, you know, pulling weeds out of the garden. I would be in excruciating pain for about uh, three to five days. So, right. just a simple task of weeding for literally five minutes, 10 minutes, like I wasn't out there all day. And it would, it would hit me so hard. My uh, leg muscles, you know, like my calves, all the way up to my thighs and my glutes would be so sore. It would be like a bruise. If you touched it, it would be like a really bad bruise. It didn't discolor or anything, but like walking, getting up out of a chair, things like that just were completely impossible. Or at least I looked like Frankenstein's monster when trying to get around. I shouldn't say I couldn't walk, but it was, you know, extraordinary. Um, And so like my better half, Patrick, would go out for a run every night after work. And I I knew I couldn't join him. And I'd bring it up to my physician. And he just kind of, I think, thought I was exaggerating what was going on. And he's like, you know, Mm -hmm. some people just have to start up slowly. I was like, right. I definitely have to start slow. And I could, Mm -hmm. I could get into an exercise regimen, but it was so difficult because I'd have to overcome that initial Frankenstein's monster phase where I was in so much pain and couldn't, you know, move around and just keep and keep repeating. And eventually like there'd be some tolerance built up and the muscles would get stronger and I could, do things for longer but I mean that is such a huge um, thing to try to overcome and start exercising mm. <laughs> you know it's like one thing if you're like I'm just tired and I don't want to exercise today but it's another thing to be yeah. like I'm going exercise and I'm gonna pay the price
0: for like, five days so you're talking you, you had those symptoms every time you went to exercise or was it uh, just when you first started
1: well so eventually it would it wouldn't be as bad you know so if I could get to a point where I was um doing it regularly the pain would ah. last like a day or two days and eventually I could overcome it but if I started some other new thing like let's say I was um I don't know doing like i doing kickboxing or something and then I decided to add a run to it well adding the run mm. used the muscles differently and so then I'd have to start over because the run used right. differently so those muscles that got used from running but didn't get used from kickboxing or something, it would be like, oh, nope, we're starting over. Okay, great. (laughs) It's not like my whole body was somehow good. Like if I started doing push-ups, my arms would, you know, have to start from scratch too. So it's not a whole body Mm -hmm. thing. Um, Eventually, I'm trying to think of what year it was, but, you know, I was, you know, in my 30s when we went to Singapore for work. Patrick got invited to collaborate with a peer over there in Singapore and Singapore has a a general rule. I don't, a law, I guess, but they don't, they don't sell things like Advil or aspirin or ibuprofen. I'm not sure if you guys have another name for it over there, but just gene relievers. So you you can't, you can't just go to the grocery store or the drugstore, and buy a prescription. And Patrick ended up with like, some pretty serious dental issue that caused him quite a lot of pain. And Mm. he couldn't get anything to help with the pain. And it conveniently started on our journey home. So he ended up on a 20-something-hour journey back from Singapore with no pain medicine. It was like the Uh. experience of his life. And that basically he decided, nope, I'm not eating sugar anymore. It's not worth it definitely not. Mm-hmm. So like gone are like the candy bars and the chocolates and the cookies and the cakes and the brownies and all, you know, like all the sweets that we would maybe have after dinner, completely gone. Cause I decided to join in on that as well. Cause I didn't want to be yeah. responsible for eating an entire bag of cookies on my own.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: the shame of it, you know, like, Oh boy, I ate all this. Yeah. <laughs> but what was kind of amazing about that was like literally within a week of cutting that out, I felt different. And it's hard to put your finger on exactly how I you know, what that difference was. But one evening he went out for jog and I said, Hey, could I join you? And he was like, sure. You know, like he, he, he knew it would probably be brief.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Most yeah. of the time,
1: if I had tried to run in the past, I could probably run maybe like, um, I, I, I don't do the the distance in the same measurement as you guys do, but like 50 feet. Mm-hmm. And then my, mm-hmm. my joints and muscles would feel like they were all about to just like freak out you know like the coordination between my legs and my arms and my whole body was about to give up plus like everything would just instantly feel like it was going to cramp yeah. you know, that night we ran a mile like non-stop I ran an entire yeah. mile that you like unbelievable completely different night and day I was like what in the world is this <laughs> and the mm. only thing that changed was I cut out sugar so that was massive and then like from there that's how we got into biking and cycling and stuff because it was like oh my goodness look at all the stuff I wasn't doing my whole life and now I'm in my 30s and boy it would have been great if I started this when I was in my 20s and didn't have you know a fear of death if I was riding my mountain bike and taking a jump but cool <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you know like uh just life-changing and then so um
0: sugar had, had been a. Uh- huge a a friend uh for quite a while
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i definitely had a sweet tooth so yeah yeah i mean it was like a daily part of my life and my favorite breakfast was like um french toast with maple syrup and you know i yeah life revolved around always getting a sweet treat at some point during the day if not a
0: couple of times during the
1: day like it was not it was completely unheard of to have dinner and then not dessert after so Uh,
0: okay yeah yeah And so where did that discovery take you?
1: Well, so that was huge, 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 huge. And, um, you know, go down the road a few more years, and I started having some trouble just um, with joints and stuff again. And I I started having issues with my hands. So this is like before I went in and had hand surgery. And um, Mm -hmm. probably as a result of biking a little bit, I'd torn uh, a tendon in my hand, and I was unable to use my hand. (laughs) <laughs> which is kind of important uh, when you're a photographer, or food stylist or anything. Yeah, yeah. Big part. And I went in and got an MRI and everything. And they're like, oh yeah, it's torn. We're probably going to have to do hand surgery. But at this point, I'm wearing hand braces on both hands, which means like simple things in my daily life have become impossible. So we had to like replace all the faucets in the house so that I could just, you know, turn them on and off with like my elbow or whatever. But there just seemed to be like an awful lot of like inflammation going on. In both my hands and I started getting pretty desperate. So I was doing some research because I thought, well, it's pretty notable. And I'd mentioned this to my physicians. For some reason, sugar really affects me. And they were like, Yeah, that sounds crazy. I was like, Cool. Uh-huh. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh-huh. But basically said, so, like, if you discovered something, good for you, but like there's nothing in the world that's affected by sugar. So you're just special or crazy. So (laughs) but knowing what I knew that like sugar affected me so severely, I thought I need to do some research and see if there's some other thing out there. And I stumbled upon the autoimmune protocol, which is a very sort of specialized diet where you you basically cut out a lot of stuff, like 90% of what you eat as a human being today, it's cut out Mm -hmm. for like 30 days, And then you start adding things back in and see if any of those things also affect
0: Sorry, for how many days?
1: 30 days.
0: 30 days. Okay. Yeah. So what did that look like? Um, For 30 days, you didn't eat cabbage or something like that.
1: Right. Wouldn't that be cool? Because that'd be really easy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's pretty extensive. So anybody who's out there and is dealing with this stuff, uh, like people have talked to me and I've, I've mentioned that this, you know, that I went through this journey. They're like, oh, I could never do that. But if you're Mm. dealing with as severe a problem as I was, you'd do anything to get control of your life again. You'd do anything to be able to walk, to be able to hold a cup of water, to be able to hold a toothbrush, to brush your teeth, to be able to drive Mm. your car, open the front door. The autoimmune protocol is sort of based on the idea that if you've got an autoimmune disease, such as like arthritis or something like that, where the body is attacking Mm. itself, there may be something that you're adding to your diet that is causing inflammation and causing it to sort of uh, flare up. Cut out any food that could potentially cause that reaction. Mm. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. So you cut out all nightshades. Nightshades are tomatoes, potatoes, peppers, eggplant. There's a whole list of things, but you cut all of those out. You cut out all nuts, all seeds. You cut out eggs you cut out coffee, um, you cut out all refined sugar. So that was kind of interesting. I was like, Oh, that's on the diet. So that, you know, that's one of my definite triggers. I know that for sure. Yeah. All grains. So like wheat and corn gone, you cut out all beans, which is crazy because you're like, Oh, they're supposed to be so good for you, but they have um, a coating on them that protects the, the actual inside of the bean. And so the theory is like, that that, um, skin on the outside might be part of the problem.
0: So that, is that all, all legumes?
1: Yes. That's that's the exact word for that. Yep. So even peanuts and soybeans and stuff like that. So no tofu dairy products, so no milk, no cheese, that kind of stuff. Um, you avoid anything processed with artificial flavors and colors and, um, So that's like a really huge list, and then you're like, yeah. What what, what
0: was what was uh, what was left after that?
1: (laughs) You can eat lots of vegetables that aren't on the list, right? So the only vegetables that are out is like basically corn, and then the nightshades. So you can eat sweet potatoes and yams. You can eat um, spinach and kale. You can eat cabbage, (laughs) 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 broccoli, cauliflower. There's still tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff that you can eat. Right. Um, And you can eat meat. So you can eat chicken, you can eat fish, um, you can eat beef. The idea is if you are eating a meat source that you try to make it as healthy a meat source. And if you really want to go full bore on this and really dig into the whole diet, then you try to get grass-fed beef. You want to make sure it's not corn-fed because you're not supposed to eat corn. So whatever your food supply is eating, you're also eating. And then... you can all, like they're they're really big on you know trying to modify things to, in order to oh chocolate is out too sorry people I don't know we uh-huh. they, cry <laughs> uh-huh. but there's tarot, there's lots of ways of like working around it in thirty days so you can totally survive without this stuff for thirty days it's not a big deal
0: and did you um was it a matter of just turning off each food group one at a time or no. did you do it all at once
1: all at once which I know oh, is wow. also terrifying, right? Some people will do it gradually, but the problem is, is you're trying to get your stomach and digestive system aligned and working properly. So you mm-hmm. can, you do it for 30 days, but if you still haven't gotten things worked out in that 30 days, because a lot of people also have IBS and things like that. And they'll find mm-hmm. when they do this diet that the IBS goes away. That would include me. okay. It's huge. <laughs> so once that, once everything settles down and you've got like a regular digestive sort of um, schedule and you're like, okay, this is mm-hmm. working. Everything's really normal. Then you start adding things back in. Cause then you'll know that something's yeah. right. But if you still have other possible triggers in your diet, it's really hard to know when you add something back in, if your stomach was already irritated or your digestive tract was already irritated or whatever.
0: Yeah. yeah. So,
1: yeah. So you really need to kind of kind of like go, on it and some people Mm. will do it for longer because their system takes longer to heal a lot of times they'll also add in things like gelatin into the diet which is also soothing and healing for the stomach then you start adding things back in and it's not it's not an immediate process like you don't add everything back in so you add things in gradually um and like I think
0: yeah and then if it causes a reaction you back it out again
1: Yeah. So like you, you, yeah. you start with one, one item for a week, you tap a little taste and see like, can I tell something's wrong? And for me, it was always like heartburn. So get heartburn or a tinge of heartburn. Like, hmm. like one example, <laughs> cause I totally missed tomatoes. I, I uh, decided finally like after weeks of adding things back in and be like, no, yes, no, yes, no. And you know, making a list of things that bothered me. It didn't bother me. I went out to eat with a friend and I ordered a salad and I didn't realize it had sun-dried tomatoes on it. And I was like, you know what? This week, it's tomato week. <laughs> I'm uh-huh, just going to yeah. make this week tomato week. I'm going to try it. We'll see. So I um, had the salad and I felt like a little bit of heartburn, but I wasn't sure because I felt like I was looking for it. So it's like, ah, not a big deal. But then I bought tomatoes and I had like a tomato salad and then another tomato salad. You know, like the heartburn didn't bother me, but then all of a sudden, every sprain, Every strain that I'd had and building up to this point, one of the biggest issues, the big reason I jumped in on this was I was starting to sprain my fingers and toes. I would just get up and walk across the room and a toe would sprain. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't dancing. I wasn't doing anything weird. I was just Mm. walking and my toe would snap and you would sprain. And then I'd have a sprained toe for like three weeks or I'd reach for something and my finger would sprain. Like, I'm just doing normal activities. Yeah. So I was like, this is terrible because be- my hands and feet are getting crippled. I cannot yeah. do anything.
0: You'd be scared to breathe.
1: Yes. Oh, gosh. It was so scary because I was like, I don't know what the rest of my life is going to be like. But this is this is nuts. If I can't use my hands and feet, I'm in a lot of trouble. So then I, after eating the tomatoes, I had broken my ankle at one point. Mm-hmm. So that came back. The pain from that came back. Every sprain in my fingers and toes came back. Mm. Um. I had strained my neck at a theme park. That came back all of a sudden, and it lasted 15 days. Thanks, tomatoes. Right, so okay. those are completely out of my diet. But you'll find different things. For me, at least, were triggering these, these flare-ups. And I was like, wow. I, I now have the keys to the castle. I know exactly what the formula is and how I can keep myself as healthy as possible and as mobile as possible like I feel completely normal I can go for a jog I can go for a bike ride I'm not mm. spraining my fingers and toes and I credit it all to diet
0: with that um first 30 days um what was that yeah. like getting getting started like was it really challenging obviously you had a, a strong oh, yeah. motivation but like would there still temp sound sounded like tomatoes were still a temptation but um were there other things that sort of you found really hard to let go of?
1: It wasn't. Well, so because I was highly motivated, I wasn't really worried about losing food at that point, but it was also really because it's so complicated how many things are on the list mm. and what things you don't think of because, like, spices derived from seeds would also count as seeds. Yeah. Right. So, like, anise um, and… Um, Cumin. Let's see here. Cumin, yeah. Caraway, yep. celery seed, coriander, dill. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> mustard, nutmeg, just uh, add all the, the, the good list, ones. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's like this diet is basically you'll never go out to eat again. Yeah. <laughs> so the big trick was like, okay, I think I did a whole week correctly. And then I go, wait a minute. So then I, my 30 days was not literally 30 days. It was like 10 days. Oh shoot. Okay. Wait, that didn't work. So I got to start over. So it took a while to get through my 30 days. Cause I would constantly realize, oh, this isn't in it. I shouldn't be doing that. I thought, you know, so it takes a little bit and you have to be really gentle with yourself and allow yourself to make mistakes. And it's not the end of the world. You're still doing way better than you were. It's just going to take a little longer to get through that 30 days. The long-term repercussions are, yeah, I am like the worst person to go out to eat with. (laughs) Uh So I I generally avoid going out to eat. There's, um, I can go to get sushi, like gluten is another thing you have to avoid, but I can bring my own um, gluten-free soy sauce and that kind of stuff. So it's not a big issue. And generally I just get sashimi, which is really delicious, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of have to, I don't know, you have to be pretty motivated and cheating is not an option. There's no cheat days. There's no like, I was really great all week. And now I'm going to have a piece of cake. Like that could really set you back. It might not, you might be okay. But like for me, it took a whole week of eating tomatoes so like if i got one tomato in a meal it wouldn't be the end of the world for me at this point you know it's not worth it not yeah, worth it to have yeah. a piece of cake and be in pain for five days and it's not worth it to have a big tomatoey meal and be in pain for 15 days if i yeah, had some yeah. discomfort for like an hour after eating i'd be like eh. <laughs> you know yeah. an hour is not a big deal but when you're talking about days yeah
0: how long did it take did, did you start seeing like once you got that run at thirty days, did you did you see results within that? Or were they were they progressive? How how did that, that sort of Well
1: so what was interesting for me was oh yeah, the gluten free thing was something I tagged on at the end. I don't think that's actually literally part of the diet, except that you're not supposed to have grains. So it yeah, it kinda is. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. But like, um because I'd already cut out sugar, a lot of like the athletic ability was you know not really affected so i was like i don't know if i'm going to get anything out of this but my digestion was so much better yeah and like am i but ibs or irritable bowel syndrome is also a huge changing situation like if you work in an office my deepest sympathies to you if you have ibs cuz mm. i don't know how you do the day or if you're traveling and you have it like it's it could be a huge issue cuz depending on which form you have either you can't go or you're going too frequently
0: mm. yeah <laughs>
1: and um that cleared up so that was like okay well that's cool I'll check that one off like now i've got even more control over my life that's awesome yeah so at one point i can drink a glass of water and instantly get sick wow. I don't know okay. I why is that an issue and so many people will be like i don't know my stomach's all messed up all i have to do is drink a glass of water eat this bread and i'm done and you're like then there's something seriously going on you've got too much happening all at once that's you know, your entire system is so irritated that a glass of water can set it off. I think that's an issue. But so then when had, I started, you had um, yeah.
0: progressive winds as you as you were going.
1: Yeah, but they weren't as like huge as that sugar. That sugar was that initial one. Yeah, it was like whoa, that's huge. So they were they were smaller, and so you you had to wonder if it was really worth it going through all this for that little thing. But once the IBS got cleared up, that was amazing. Yeah. And then adding things back in and realizing just how significantly some of those things could really affect my system. That was huge too. Cause I used to go through phases when tomatoes were in season, I'd be eating tomato salad and mm. tomato sandwiches and tomatoes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like there'd be times when I'd have a harder time getting out and getting around. And now that all sort of makes more sense. You know, it, it adds up. Yeah. But that's not to say I can't have things like I eat mustard now and I, I'm allowed, you know, I'm able to eat some beans. I'm able to eat potatoes, which is really convenient when we're traveling because almost everybody's got French fries, but I can't have to make those, you know? So like there's certain things that I know that I can eat, which does give me some freedom and flexibility. And I didn't lose all that food permanently because I can also have chocolate. Yay.
0: (laughs) What does your week look like now? Like how do you go about um, putting your meals together?
1: Ah, right. Um, So – if it's just me here, I, I have the ability, because I work from home, which is really convenient. Yeah. I've got the kitchen there. If I wanted to, if I wanted to be lazy, I could just like whip up some veggies and some meat, and I'm good. But if I want to prepare yeah. for the week, what I'll do is on Sunday, put together a whole tray of like sweet potatoes and roast them in the oven. So all I have to do is like, heat them up during the week, and they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'll do beets, because I really like beets. Not everybody does, but they're good for your stomach, and they're also thumbs up on the AIP protocol. So, um, they take forever to cook. (laughs) So that's like a treat for me. I like do a whole sheet tray of like golden beets and I roast them and they're delicious. Um, but yeah, if I'm planning ahead, I will, you know, pre-prep some steak, slice it up and it's ready to go. So all I have to do is just assemble a few things and then I've got a really nice lunch. Um, I can, put things in the freezer if I've made a big batch of soup or something like it, it's very very convenient and actually another thing that we've been doing lately is pre-prepping smoothies is just get like a large mason jar and put an airtight lid on it and the smoothies get you go mm-hmm. for a couple of days and I can get a full batch of vegetables in there
0: and fruit and all sorts of good stuff so how do how do they go with keeping uh over that time oh, that, that period of time really
1: well I'm, I'm pretty surprised because, like, if you just put, like, um, cling wrap over it, it's sadness the next day because you're I, – I use a lot of spinach and broccoli in my smoothie, which I know yeah. a lot of people will be like, that sounds terrible, but it's not. <laughs> chuck in a little um, mango, and I add a little stevia, which, you know, helps sort of counteract a little bit of the veggie flavor, but it's super yep. – it tastes like a vanilla milkshake to me as far as I'm concerned. But if you put cling, yeah, wrap, yeah. cling wrap over
0: it – the you will be adding um, some natural sugars into it anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I can totally do that. I just cannot eat brownies and cookies and that stuff. But the um, the smoothie, if you don't have an airtight container, will start to turn brown, which not only looks disgusting, but there's a certain flavor that kind of comes with it. Like if you've ever eaten a fresh avocado or one that's kind of brown, it's like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the uh, yeah okay Perfect. so uh, and I would have thought that the liquids and solids would start to separate as well over
1: well I have a Vitamix
0: <laughs> ah right okay
1: so it's a pretty good blender but like actually for an example recently we had to evacuate for a hurricane and yeah. so um, Patrick made an entire batch of smoothies because he's got his own health diet situation going on and mm-hmm. so we each had I think four to six smoothies to take with us. Yeah, so we could evacuate. We knew we might be without power, but we'd be all good food wise. Pack the cooler with that. Pack the cooler with. I can also eat like tin fish, so that's good to go. So we had fish and avocado yeah. and onion and all this good stuff, and the smoothies lasted through the entire evacuation, no problem, which was great. They weren't nice. as, good, granted, on like day three or four, but they were still completely better than day two of no covering on your smoothie. So
0: yeah, okay. So the main main um point there is a use an airtight container to store them
1: definitely yeah and give it a shake before you drink it like it by day four it will separate a little bit but shake it take the top off Mm -hmm. damn a straw in there and you're good to go (laughs) okay
0: so how far ahead do you um when you're doing uh, advanced prep um how far Mm -hmm. in advance do you tend to prep food for
1: generally i do it for the week so like sunday will be the day that we do like laundry and all that stuff so that's the same day that i'm like cooking up a storm in the kitchen it doesn't have to be super super complicated either um and some of that stuff you can freeze so like if you like for example if you decided i'm just sort of a semi foodie which probably makes this a little less complicated for me because if you're somebody who eats a lot of stuff that you just like add water and toss it into the (laughs) um this is going to be a big change probably no matter what Mm. but if you already enjoy cooking It's just another way of, you know, sort of challenging yourself or trying new recipes. Yeah. But if you decide to make your own chicken stock or whatever, you have all the meat that comes off the chicken. Like you put the whole chicken in the pot with all the, you know, herbs and everything. Yeah. You that pan. Now you've got an entire chicken worth of meat. So I'll take some of that and put it in the freezer because you never know. Maybe I'll make another soup and I need to add chicken or maybe I'll, um, I don't know, make some pasta or whatever. Mm. I can chuck that chicken into it or add it to a salad and it's good
0: to go. What kind of um, pasta would you do if you can't eat grains?
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, what's interesting is I was able to add things back in and rice is one of them that ah, I'm able okay.
0: to. So you use yep. a rice pasta?
1: Do that. There's also another one out there. I can't remember what it's called here. I if I if I remember it, I can send you a link to it after. Okay. But it's like based off like kelp or something.
0: Ah, it's, okay, yeah. Supposed
1: to be like calorie free and everything, and um, people really like it. I never ended up trying it because I'm not super super pasta. Like that's losing that wasn't like a big loss to me. But, yeah. Um, you know, but if it is a big deal to somebody out there and they don't like rice pasta the, the kelp one might be a really good option. Okay.
0: And um what are what are some foods that um you would say give you the most energy? Like have you have you connected the dots for any of them?
1: Right. Because that was a big issue actually doing the AIP and being an athlete. Because mm. I was also at doing endurance events and trying to figure out how to like do endurance events yeah, <laughs> without yeah. eating all these other things, right? But so sweet potatoes are really, really helpful because they've got starches in them. So you'll yeah. get that um that boost there and I really like white sweet potatoes the the uh, orange ones are kind of soft yep. super super sweet whereas the white ones are a little more dense and they're a little more like traditional potatoes yeah, yeah. kind of nice um <laughs> I'm trying to think of any other starches that I do but I, I think it's generally kind of really like sweet potatoes and like I said I was able to add potato potatoes back in but I I try not to eat those too often just in case they would potentially cause like a buildup.
0: as part of going into the the AIP protocol um Mm -hmm. did that require you to sort of develop a a fairly detailed knowledge of say macro and micronutrients in foods or did you just follow like the list and and leave it at that
1: yeah i followed the list yeah yeah and it's tough i guess one of the other things is when you first start people don't realize that you know there there are things like the sweet potatoes and things that you can eat that will give you like that that feeling of fullness Mm. a lot of people start that, that aip protocol and they're like well all i can eat is salad uh, and then they're just starving. And the idea is not to starve yourself because then you're miserable. And it's harder to go through the whole thing. Yeah. So, you know, you need to make a, a concerted effort to be like, okay, what is an actual meal? Not a side salad, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you end up with like a plate full of vegetables and, and some meat. And then you eat it and you're like, oh, I'm full. Okay, good. But if you're not getting full when you're eating, you're setting yourself up for failure. If you're just eating salads, yeah. you're really going to be miserable. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Has the way you manage or monitor your nutrition changed um, since uh, you did the AIP protocol? It sounds like you're more fastidious about what you put in your body.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's 100%. Travel's been a little bit tricky.
0: Yeah. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well... Yeah, because if you're going and you're traveling and you go to the airport and you're stuck between flights with a layover, what, what can you eat? Where can you grab a bite? So I try to um, pack food with me so that I can travel. And because I've been um, adding things in, there are certain grains that I can eat. like I can eat rice and I can eat oats. So there's certain like snack bars I can get if yeah. I need to. I can have those on hand for like day to day, but traveling, that works. I can also do um, nuts, so I can do nut-based cheeses, Mm quote-unquote, and I can do gluten-free bread, so I actually found a really easy travel food is to do like a, quote, grilled cheese. Uh (laughs) Anyone Uh who's like a, you know, real deal grilled cheese either, they're gonna be like, this is sadness, but for me, it, it tastes really good, and I'll just do like a spray of avocado oil and a sprinkle of salt and that's my quote butter yeah and then the cheese is a nut based cheese you can actually make it yourself but i found um there's a company here in the u.s that makes it and it makes it with the same ingredients i would i know exactly what's in it there's no surprise um seasoning that might have tomatoes or anything mm-hmm. in it and a perfectly good grilled cheese which travels perfectly so if you've got a long flight or a long layover you're not going to be starving and you know everybody's handing out cookies and stuff on the plane yeah and you're you know, dying of hunger but then also traveling so then if you've got to eat out at a restaurant i mean genuinely on the aip it's vegetables and meat so if you can order a side of broccoli steamed or whatever and a steak you're good to go you know you can't be you can't be asking them is it grass fed i mean you can but like you have to be okay with cutting a few corners yeah but that's not gonna end your week or your 30 days or anything like that but you just you're way more diligent and then when you're you know invited to dine out socially Sometimes it's just easier to say, "Hey, do you want to just come over here and bring your lunch? We could sit out back and eat here yeah, or, yeah. you know, do a picnic or something like that." Just to, don't set yourself up for failure because I think a lot of people feel a lot of social pressure to eat what is served to them yeah. or to go eat. want to go eat, but like it's your health yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. and that's way more important than 30 minutes with a friend at a restaurant and you don't want to hurt their feeling because they wanted to eat at that restaurant. Like if your friend Takes their desire to eat a hamburger over your health. <laughs> you got to weigh that, you know, yeah, and decide yeah. what's more important.
0: And did you um did you try any of the like uh, structured diets like keto or anything like that to see how that worked for you? Or
1: no, I jumped right into the AIP because it was specifically to deal with um, flare ups with health issues.
0: Right. Okay. Um,
1: so it is it is paleo, but it's a very strict paleo diet.
0: Right. Okay. All right. So a couple of closing questions. So um, when it comes to maintaining a healthy diet, what is your biggest Mm -hmm. weakness or temptation?
1: Hmm. Well, so I suppose trying to attain some of the old foods that would have been convenient and easy. Because while you can food prep, that's great. But sometimes it can be tricky because time gets away from you. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the things that I tried to do was I saw that there was like a vegan gluten-free macaroni and cheese. It was made by Daya. I don't know if you guys have those over there, but Not. It, like you read the box, you're like, okay, it's all this, 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 this. And I recognize all these ingredients and it has like one little section, like in parentheses, and it's like assorted spices and seasonings. And you're like, how bad all <laughs> yeah,
0: right yeah. Pretty bad, by the sound.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it's so convenient, right? You just toss it in the pot, add water, stir in the cheese, whatever goop that it comes with, and now you've got a meal. Like, oh, great, you know? Yeah. I can get dinner together in seconds and I didn't have to do any prep and I didn't have to, like, cook anything. Like, I didn't have to cook any real food. Yeah, But I did that because it was like, oh, this is pretty good and it tastes like the real thing. Like, yeah. this tastes exactly like macaroni and cheese. Great. But I did that like three times in a week and that I think had tomato or something in the like seasonings, quote unquote, that they use in their cheese.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, that did me in. I was like, all right, nope. <laughs> so now I have to be really, really careful because convenience will always try to like edge its way in. Yeah. Like traveling, grabbing those granola bars. I have to be really careful and read all the ingredients. And even still, I try not to overdo it. So if I'm traveling, I'll only eat the granola bar on the day that I'm traveling so Mm. that I don't build up too much um, into my system. But it's that I think it's that desire either to have something you used to have or add something that's super convenient, but convenience can come at a cost.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, If there were a food or drink you could have without consequences, what would it be?
1: (laughs) Still would be wheat bread. um french toast with maple syrup
0: (laughs) right okay
1: (laughs) my favorite breakfast (laughs)
0: uh so if i was someone that um suffering from um some auto type illnesses but i didn't know where to start uh what would you recommend first step
1: yeah um is it okay to tell you a website yeah sure so i actually found the website www the paleo mom dot com so t-h-e-p-a-l-e-o-m-o-m dot com is a really great starting point for understanding the aip the autoimmune protocol her blogs got a lot of information about what to cut out and then how to add food back in as well it's probably the number one resource for that
0: all right cool what about um books podcasts ted talks or anything else on the video front (sighs)
1: um on the video front i don't really have a whole lot um there's there's certainly there are some books about the aip protocol for recipes so there's some cookbooks out there i didn't dig into those a whole lot just because i do a lot of cooking in general so i didn't yeah but if you don't do a lot of cooking and you're like i don't even know where to start you can google aip protocol cookbook and there are a number out there there's definitely some resources out there there's also for those of you who need more um convenient shopping options, there are some AIP pre-made meals out there as well that are very careful about that. Um, Because it's been a while, I I never ended up using it, but I know a lot of people who do. And then on Facebook, there was a support group for the AIP, which is really helpful, because you'll be thinking like, I don't know about this food, and I can't find it written down anywhere. Is this okay to eat? Or you'll find some prepackaged food, mm. and you can take a picture of the label, send it to the group, and they'll be like, "This is fine, this is fine." Ah, it's this one ingredient. Because sometimes the ingredients aren't named as they would normally be. Yeah, like, it's yeah. Not like
0: like with their scientific you know, name or something like that.
1: And... Right. Yeah. And so, like among the whole group, there's there's at least one to like seventeen <laughs> people who can chime in and be like, "Nope, you can't have that," or "Yep, yep. that's great. Just don't eat it too often." Because there are, there are some prepackaged foods out there that are totally safe on the AIP, which is great when you need a snack or something. Yeah. Um, but that support group is super helpful. You go in there and you're like, oh, I'm having a rough day. Everybody chimes in, they cheer you on. And it's been super helpful.
0: Oh, that's great. Thanks for uh, making the time and walking us through the story again and again.
1: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right.
1: Well, it's good talking to you again too.
0: Yeah, likewise. You've been listening to Fat Secrets. We'd like to remind listeners that the diet that works for some may not be advisable for others, and we recommend always seeking medical advice when introducing changes to your diet or exercise routines. If you enjoyed this episode, please help share the secrets of weight loss by leaving us a review or telling a friend or 10 via the share feature in your podcast app of choice. I'm your host, Ben Ryan. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with another interview that unlocks more of the secrets of weight management.